It's Saturday at 6. It's time for your weekly music and entertainment fix. Backstage with Sinead Nivorda. With all the best music, interviews and live sessions. Live from the Radio Nova Studios in the Dublin Docklands. Hello and a very good evening to you. It's Sinead Nivorda with you here on Radio Nova and I'm about to bring you backstage with some of the most important, creative and innovative individuals from the music world. I'll be speaking to Butch Vig, drummer and co-founder of Garbage. He is also a legendary super producer who has produced records for Foo Fighters, Sonic Youth, Smashing Pumpkins and of course Nirvana. Butch Vig is going to be talking about those Nevermind sessions and about the brand new Garbage album, Strange Little Birds. Also joining me on backstage will be the original rude boy, Neville Staple, former vocalist with the specials. He is performing at Groove Festival with his band. I'll also have new music for you from Dinosaur Jr. and Beach Boys founders Brian Wilson and Al Jardine are in the live room. So let's get started. Backstage on Radio Nova. Garbage have sold over 12 million albums worldwide. They released their self-titled debut album in 1995, so celebrated the 20th anniversary of the album last year with a sold-out tour. How I was addicted to that album. The band's unique sound inspired massive worldwide attention and success. Their follow-up album, The Brilliant Version 2.0, was released in 1998, top charts all over the world, and garnered multiple Grammy Award nominations, including Album of the Year. Then went on to release two more albums, uh, Beautiful Garbage in 2001, and Bleed Like Me in 2005 and then after a seven year hiatus the band released their fifth studio album Not Your Kind of People which was named one of Rolling Stone magazine's top 50 albums of 2012. Garbage have just released their highly anticipated sixth album entitled Strange Little Birds. One of the founders of the band, as well as being a phenomenal drummer and innovative songwriter, is also the super producer behind the groundbreaking record Siamese Dream from Smashing Pumpkins and Nirvana's Nevermind. In 2012, Enemy ranked Butch Vig at number nine in their top 50 greatest producers ever list. He'll be bringing us behind the scenes of the Nevermind sessions and the songwriting process of the new Garbage record in a moment. But first, let's just remind ourselves of how Garbage impressed upon us when they launched their unique sound upon the world back in 1995. From their self-titled debut album, this is Only Happy When It Rains on Radio Nova. I'm only happy when it rains
Music from Garbage on Radio Nova, only happy when it rains, taken from the band's debut album, which celebrated its 20th anniversary last year. It's mad how fresh it sounds today, as it did back in 1995. And Garbage have just brought out the brand new record, entitled Strange Little Birds. It's the follow-up to 2012's Not Your Kind of People. And now joining backstage to give us the lowdown on the new album is Butch Fig of Garbage. Hello, Butch. Hello, hi, Sinead. Hey, Butch, how's it going? Not too bad. I remember meeting you actually back in Sydney. Uh, You'd played a gig near the Star Casino and you had an official after show. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was DJing that night and you came over. All right on, cool. That was fun. That was towards the end of the Australian leg that we did. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to take off and tour again. Insane. Music industry has changed so much all, all these years on with social media having that direct connection with a band it's platforming their music and it's it's great now that it's an absolute instant thing so does that give you a bit of an added pressure when it comes to the garbage music i don't know that we really feel that much pressure in in those terms Mm. um the great thing is you know we put music out now on our own label and um we used to when we were signed to major labels we always had a lot of people giving us opinions Mm. Oh, you should do this, you should do that, maybe you should do this, put this single out, you know, maybe this arrangement could be different. And um, now the only people really pressuring us is ourselves. And uh, and we know at this point that we're not going to be a, a top 40 radio band. We're not really trying to compete with anybody either. So we just made records, and we have been making records just, you know, following our muse, basically. And um, that's what Strange Little Birds is all about. It's just, uh, you know, f- feeling very free in the studio trying to get that beginner's headspace and uh, and really take some left field angles to to some of the songs and uh, that's what we tried to do yeah it's it's a beautiful album by the way strange little birds such gorgeous um atmospheric sounds nice soundscapes and echoes of that industrial sound and shirley's vocals are just as golden as ever so four years on from the last record um what was different this time around when you know getting together with the songwriting process well, when we started Strange Little Birds, we wanted to keep things a bit simpler, and we wanted to make a record that was more atmospheric. So um, in some ways, we, we took out some of the rock and roll, you know, the, like the live drums and, and live guitars, and we, and we relied more on atmospherics and analog synthesizers and keyboards and tried to create these um, cinematic moments. And it really worked with Shirley's lyrics. You know, mm-hmm. she, it's a very, Strange Little Birds is a very dark album. Mm. But it also is quite emotional and um, uh, really sort of honest in some ways. And uh, Shirley's vocal also we mixed and a lot of the songs really in your face and quite dry. So it's it's uh, it's fairly naked in a way. And that we needed the music to sort of fit with with her singing and her lyrics. And uh, that's that's basically what we tried to do. And I think that's the, one of the reasons the, the album sounds like it does. You know, news of your album came on. 21st of April, which is the day of my birthday, so that was nice. But Right on. Yeah, but also it was a bit of a really kind of sad, upsetting day because it was the same day that Prince left this plane, which it was such a weird, weird day. Have you ever encountered Prince in your travels at all? Uh, you know, I bumped into him a few times. Um, uh, many years ago, one of the first albums I produced uh, was a band from Minneapolis, Sometimes Why. And they had a playback party, uh, for their album at uh, First Avenue in Minneapolis, which is a very famous club there. And we finished our set, and um, 
and I was playing drums with with the band. Even though I produced the record, I played drums in some of the songs on the album. And some roadie came up and said, "Hey, uh, Prince wants to use your drum kit. He wants to jam after after the show. Is that okay?" And I said, uh, "Yeah." Don't you ask me twice? Back, I saw Prince standing backstage, and we were really excited. Man, we're going to get to hang out, and watch Prince play. And then the security guys came up and said, everybody has to clear the building, and then they're, they're going to let everybody back in. I was like, but hey, wait a minute, man, they're using my drum kit. And they said, sorry, man, you got to go too. So we, the band all of us had to file out, and there was a huge line outside. And we never got back in. <laughs> no way. Until, until the show was over, then we, then we went back in and got, our, got my drum kit and our gear. But, I, you know, that, that's, that's Prince. That's Prince. He touched your gear. He's master. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he was, he wasn't he? borrowed our gear for a night, which is okay. <laughs> yeah, that's allowed, that's allowed. Um, I believe you named your studio Grunge is Dead. Why did you go for this kind of name? Well, that's the name of my home studio. Um, yeah. It's just, it's sort of uh, meant to be slightly funny. I, uh, it, when we, the first Garbage record came out, and, uh, and obviously our record sounded quite different than um, yeah, then the Nirvana or Smashing Pumpkins or whatever alternative music. It was mostly guitar-based music, and we we really embraced samplers when we made that debut record for Garbage. And we did a lot of press, and people would, you know, they would hear our record, and they'd say to me, is grunge dead? Oh. And I'd say, yep, grunge is dead. And it just, I kept saying that in interviews, and that line kept coming up for some reason. And then I just decided to call my home studio grunge is dead. <laughs> Ongoing joke that has absolutely stuck. So when did a grunge die for you, Butch? Uh, you know, there's, there was a very sort of symbolic turning point in my career, and that was the day I met Shirley Manson. Um, Duke and Steve and I had flown to London, and we met her for the first time. We sat down in this posh hotel and had some tea, mm-hmm. and we just talked for two hours. We kind of told her, what we were thinking of doing. We didn't really know exactly what Garbage was going to do at that point, but we were still looking for a singer. And, and we just really hit it off from day one. We, we laughed and uh, just thought she was really charming and funny and really mm-hmm. smart. And, and, um, and so we decided, okay, well, you can, we'll get you over to Madison. We'll work on some song ideas. And, and then I went back to my hotel and uh, went to a restaurant to meet some engineers and uh, some other producers who I know in the U.K., and they were all staring at me, and I go, what's, what's wrong? And they said, don't you know, Kurt is dead. He killed himself. And so the day, that, the day Kurt committed suicide is the day I met Shirley Manson. So it's very weird, but it is, at least for me, it is sort of a symbolic turning in my career, you know, where I sort of moved on from um, doing those alt-rock records to uh, moving into garbage. And very strange coincidence, but it's definitely true. Wow. Well, I can't imagine what that day would have been with all those conflicting feelings and emotions and things that went on. But were you surprised when you got the news? Yeah, I mean, it was shocking, you know, as, as much as I knew he was troubled and, and he'd had some incidents in the past, you know, where he'd, he'd OD'd and, and checked into rehab and then checked out. It was, you know, everyone was trying to help him, but he, you know, you can't really help. You can only, people can really only help themselves when they're that miserable and um mm. so i think we in the back of our heads a lot of us knew that might be coming but you never really expect it so it was horrible and really really tragic 
I'm so sorry, Butch. I can't imagine how horrific that would have been for you. Um, I do believe from reading previous interviews that working with Kurt and Nirvana was quite a positive thing. So before we talk about the Nevermind sessions, I'd like to play a track from your new album now. You are backstage with Butch Vig of Garbage on Radio Nova. And this is the new single from Garbage, taken from the album Strange Little Birds. This is Empty on Nova.
Such a brilliant new one from Garbage. That is the single Empty, taken from the brand new album Strange Little Birds. And you are backstage with Butch Fig of Garbage here on Radio Nova. Now, Butch, you just touched a little bit on Nirvana and the infamous Nevermind sessions. And I'm aware that they had quite a strong, hardworking ethic. So, can you give us a bit of an insight into the Nevermind sessions with Nirvana? They were incredibly charming and fun. That, that record we did really quickly, and we recorded it in 16 days. And wow. I don't. I don't think they really felt any pressure when they came in. You know, we we were just expecting to put a record on Geffen and maybe it'd sell a couple hundred thousand copies, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had a pretty intense work ethic. They'd rehearsed, once Dave Grohl joined the band, they'd rehearsed pretty much every single day, like four to five to six hours a day for six months. And they wanted to make a really tight, focused record. You know, they 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 were not slackers in that in that department, um, you know, I know Kurt. When the record became very successful, Kurt dissed it. You know, but you kind of have to do that. You can't be a, have a punk rock ethic and say, "Man, I'm so glad my record has sold 20 million copies." You know. Um, but when we finished the record, man, they loved it, and yeah. you know, it's it still, I think, sounds as fresh and vital now as it did when we recorded it. It absolutely does. It's just one that I, I mean, that's just I'm just one person, but it's just the one record that I keep coming back to, and it's still blows my mind it's just absolutely amazing i know you're not one for nostalgia uh but i do want to look back at that period of the whole dawn of the the grunge era and working on albums like gish siamese dream and never mind this for me is what i really connected with when i was growing up so this is like a wet dream being able to ask you about this but what do you think was so special about that time that that led to such a force of nature I'm not really sure, but I definitely was lucky in the sense that it was good timing for me as a producer and just the artists I was working with. You know, sometimes um, if you look at the history of music, it's everything changes every three or four years. Different things come in and out of fashion. And and um, when I did Nirvana and, and worked with Smashing Pumpkins or Sonic Youth, um, it was just really good timing for that music to sort of burst through the 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 indie scene and become more accepted by the mainstream. And, mm-hmm. um, and we really, you know, like we're, in the, we're talking about the Smashing Pumpkins, we really tried to push the, the bar as high as we could. You know, Billy Corgan was really driven and he pushed me and I pushed him really hard right back. And especially with Siamese Stream, I think we made a, a record that just has a sound to it that um, mm-hmm. still holds up and just still sounds like this, uh, glorious roar at, at points. And, uh, and that's what we set out to do. It was a very difficult record, um, one of the hardest records I've made, because it was before computers, you know. Oh, right. So it was all on tape, and it was all about real-time performance, which uh, I think is one of the reasons that the record sounds as good as it does. Wow, no doubt. Oh, what an amazing... It was up there on my favourite albums as well. So considering everything that you've done in your career, Butch, producing some of the greatest records of all time and writing that amazing Bond-themed tune, uh, like, what is it that you're most proud of? Um, <laughs> that was I mean, a big one to throw at you. Sorry. You know, there's every record is like a child in some way. Yeah. Um, they're all they all have their unique identity, and obviously the artists I work with all have a really strong and also unique identity. Um, I mean, I'm, I am really proud of Siamese Dream. That was a really tough mm-hmm. record to make. Um, I love. Uh, both against me records that I did fairly recently. I, I, I love Laura Jane Grace and that band. If you haven't seen them left, they're just incredible. Nice. I'll check them out. And with the Nevermind sessions, it was, did you say it was recorded in what, 14 days? 16 days? 
six, 16 days. That is just phenomenal for a record of, of that grandeur, really. And was there any time out of that at all? Did you ever break off for a game of football or anything random? No, the only yeah. thing we did, we recorded, it was a holiday. It might have been um, Memorial Day, which is like a, towards the end of May. I can't remember exactly what the holiday was. Anyway, um, we were at the studio. We were working. We worked straight through. We were on a Sunday. And... Um, or no, it was a Monday because it was a holiday and a Monday. So, but we had just we were just working Mondays through Friday or Saturdays. We were doing six day weeks, and we were at a studio in North Hollywood. And the studio next to us, Ozzy Osbourne was recording, and I decided to to let's ask one of the staff. I decided to have a barbecue because it was a holiday. So while we were working, we got just got some chicken and put it on the barbecue, <laughs> and, and and Chris Novoselic was out flipping the chicken at one point and Ozzy came up and stood there and was looking at it and you just stared at it for like 10 minutes and finally Chris said, hey, Ozzy, do you want some chicken? And he was like, is that what that is? I, I wasn't sure what you were cooking. And he was just such a strange bird. He was, Ozzy was a strange little bird. <laughs> we were such geeky fans. He was in doing vocals that day and we went down the hall and we, could, we would stand outside the recording studio door. We could hear his vocals coming through the door a little bit. We would wow. all sort of hunker down and try to listen to him sing. It was, we, just, we were just being fanboys. It was funny. Yeah, that must have been a right laugh. Man. Well, listen, but again, I could talk to you all day, but I know you've got to get back to preparing for your tour. Now, I know you're taking in Belgium, France, and Germany. So is there any sign as to an Irish performance as yet? Uh, you know, we're hoping to. We're still uh, filling in shows and working on our um, itinerary, uh, and we're trying. I th- we're just adding shows. I think all the way up to, into December. So mm. um, I don't know what the latest routing is, but we're hoping <laughs> to make it there because every time we play there, we've had a wonderful time. Oh, good to hear it. Butch Vic, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me today. Right on. Thanks, Sinead. It was lovely chatting with you. Lovely chatting with you. See, uh, see you and our Irish fans in Ireland soon. Absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed that it'll get sorted soon. Butch Vig, super producer and drummer with Garbage. And the highly anticipated new album from Garbage entitled Strange Little Birds is out now. For details of further tour announcements and news, head to the website garbage.com. Backstage on Radio Nova. And joining me a little bit later on and backstage will be former vocalist with the specials, the original Rude Boy, Neville Staple. I'll also have the new one from Dinosaur Jr. for you. And I've also got a great live one featuring Beach Boys founders, Brian Wilson and Al Jardine. Joining me next will be Connor Irwin of Radio Nova. He'll have the latest in music news regarding Arcade Fire, the Stone Roses and these guys. Let's lead into the music news now with this one from Led Zeppelin. This is Immigrant Song on Radio Nova. (laughs) 